What's up guys, welcome to today's money. Thank you for listening, I appreciate you being here. If you'd like to watch the video version of this podcast, there's a link for that in the description. And if you wanna jump right into the podcast, skip the next 30 seconds of ad space. Nice, let's go. Ready, three, two, one. What's up everybody, welcome back to today's money where we help you get your money right and get your mindset right. Today, we're gonna be focused on the money because we're going to be talking about our investment strategy for 2021. Now, a lot of you guys know I'm an active Forex trader is one of the things that I'm focused on very much every day. But we also are diversifying now as we get older, have a little bit more money to invest. And I think that with the questions I've seen in my DMs, even Riley getting some questions, this should be a good conversation that everybody will be able to take some value out of. So if you're new to the channel and you find some value, all we ask is you give us a big thumbs up and subscribe so you don't miss any future videos. And the thumbs up helps us spread the value to other people, other traders, other money-hungry individuals, people trying to get their money right and trying to get their mindset right. Anybody and everybody. So this is actually an interesting conversation. (laughs) You want to start it? Because I asked Riley this morning, what we were going to do, right? That's kind of how this started. Yeah. So this morning I woke up like breakfast, not even made yet. And he kind of gave me a preview of the topic for today's podcast. And which is obviously where we invest our money in 2021, just kind of our strategy for it. And I was like, you know, that's a great topic to talk about today because I was going to ask him, you know, I am the person that does our books. So I know what money is going out to a point. Once it hits his personal account, I know that we will get into our strategy more. I know that he invests into certain stocks and stuff, but I'm not super clear on exactly what stocks we own and how much of each. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today and just where and how we came up with this strategy. And Do you feel like a year ago you were more involved? In what way? Like you knew where every dollar was, so to speak, more a year ago than today? Um... Yes, but also no, because a year ago today, were we doing QuickBooks yet? I don't even remember. I think so. Yeah. But but I feel like I I kept you in the loop more because you were doing more ASFX tasks. And now that you're doing the yoga teacher training and you're doing your brand, I feel like it's kind of been less... Yeah. Like in a way now I know more where the money is because I've, I've been using QuickBooks more. I'm more familiar with it. I know how to tag things, group things, label things, and all the categories and all of that good stuff. Um, so I have a really good idea of that. But like I said, once it hits his personal account, which is then from where he does the investing, I don't really know from there. Now, the first thing we have to say, because a lot of people here watch my trading videos or they know me from my forex trading the forex trading is done through a business that we, yes. we co-own so what we're, we're talking about today is like what we're doing outside of the forex trading yes we've been adding money to the forex account for a long time i've been yeah. doing that since before i knew riley the forex stuff i know everything about that the ins and outs of everything regarding our forex account but right. it's the stocks and investing side of things that because he's catching that, me up on and i'm doing that under my personal name i yes. didn't run that through our business um Okay, so we can start with the stocks. Yeah. So a lot of people have been... Well, first, let's yeah. let's go back a little bit about how okay. what our strategy is. Sure. So do you want to tell them about... Life insurance, because that's part of the strategy. Sure. I mean, you that can start the there. That was first thing we did. I was going to say even more so, um, you can start with that, but then also just getting into what percentage every week are you investing Yeah. and how we decided that and things like that. So life insurance was something that I always saw value in. I think that like from me being in the internship 
way back in 2014 or whatever it was, 2013, whatever the 2014. Yeah. Jeez. Damn. Jeez. It's going to be 2024 soon. That's going to be 10 <laughs> years. You're going to be like, what the fuck? Um, so I always knew the value of life insurance. And I always knew that once I had some extra money, that cash value life insurance was going to be the thing. Not term insurance, unless you're going to convert the term over, which we have some term insurance. But term insurance just doesn't get you there. We've talked about this a little bit previously. If you guys want, we can do a whole video about life insurance and what I know about it. And that this specific, it's called infinite banking strategy that we're going for with the life insurance. But for today's conversation, to keep it simple, yeah, we're putting a decent amount of money towards cash value policies and term policies right now. But every year, I actually have a call with our guy at the end of this month, the end of January, to convert some of the term policy into the whole life. So that increases the premium on the whole life, but it also then increases the cash value that we gain. So for us, the reason we chose that to be the first step with our investing is because I do a lot of speculating anyway with the Forex trading. We have the window open today because it's beautiful, so you guys just got to deal with the background noise. It's like 77 <laughs> degrees in January in Florida. We love it. And I'm in a sweatshirt. <laughs> That's just because we're real Floridians now. But the life insurance, like I said, cash value is the goal. So term is there in the short term because we can each have a lot of term. I don't want to use specific numbers just because it doesn't, like that's yeah. individual. We can have a lot of term, way more than we can have whole life for a much smaller amount of money, but then convert that. And the reason we did that was to lock in our uh, health. Can I tell them? I guess. I got pr- like the ultra premium and so did she mm-hmm. rating for the health. And you guys know we occasionally, uh, so it's it's funny that we still, even with that, got the greatest, the highest health rating that we could. So worked out well for us. And now we are stuck in that healthcare bracket for that whole chunk of term insurance that we bought, which helps us then convert it over without having to get a medical exam. So if you get sick or something like that, it doesn't matter. You still can convert it over. That's why you lock in your insurability when you're young. Okay. So that's, I think, everything that went into the life insurance decision. And then it's a monthly premium. We pay it. It comes out no matter what. It has to. I look at it like a deferred savings account. Yeah, because that really was the first step for us as we wanted to just start putting our money in other places was making sure that we were putting it in a place to really set ourselves up for the future. And obviously life insurance is... But it was like... a. Close guarantee. Yes. Like, don't you? We don't want to ever say anything's a guarantee, but like, this is not tied to the stock market. It's tied to the insurance company that has a long-standing. It's Mass Mutual. It's like top three yeah. insurance companies in the United States. So I felt like it was good to get out of the market, so to speak, because like I said, we do so much speculating, especially at that time. This is like a year ago, a year and a half ago when we did that. That was we were doing no stocks, no nothing else, no crypto, just forex. So there's already enough speculation. So we needed right. something more solid. But not only that, um, and not to linger too much on the um, life insurance, life insurance stuff, because I know it can just be very boring, honestly, in my it world. Is. Yep. Uh, but we also wanted it to be. It was really important to us because we have personal experience, um, more so on your side of the family, right. of people getting sick. Shit and then happens, man. Not being able to get life insurance because they no longer qualify because they already have an underlying condition that disqualifies them from getting life insurance. So we really just wanted to make sure that that was something we locked in while we were young and healthy to be able to keep our money flowing even after we die. So then basically what I'm doing after that is we continue to grow ASFX. I continue to make more money trading. Things were good to us in 2020. We had, I think our, I would say for the both of us, the best year of our lives yet. Yeah. So that opened the door to then looking into investing in stocks and having a TD Ameritrade account. I used to have a Vanguard account. We get letters from them still occasionally. It's funny. But I closed that when I really focused on Forex trading. I took some of the money out, took the penalty on that, and I never put money back into it. But when 
we started to do better and we started to have the free income, then I started to really look at these different funds and these different stocks and take it seriously. So should I start by explaining like why I choose to invest in individual stocks right now? Um, start first with how you decide what percentage to even play around with in stocks. So basically what I do is I have a spreadsheet that has on one side, left to right, it's all of the ways that we can make income. So there's like seven or six different columns of sources of income, trading, ASFX, Shopify, like PayPal, all these different sources that can provide us with income. And then that money after that, I have in the spreadsheet all of our expenses, things that I'll pay off, credit cards, whatever it may be. That's basically what it is. Credit cards, rent, and then the other stuff that comes out. It's all in the middle. And then at the end of the column, it tells me how much I have left in our operating account for our business expenses. And then from that amount, or excuse me, from the amount that we took in, I take 20% and no, 10% for stocks, 30% goes right into a Marcus account, which we use to save for taxes. So that's 40% of everything that we make is being taken from me right off the bat. 30% of it I put in this high interest savings account with Marcus. It's like a one it's like it's less than 1%, I think, what they're giving me. It was a lot higher b- before. <laughs> right, before they lowered interest rates. Yeah. But the point of that is so I can, like I look at that money like I can never touch it. Right. And then hopefully at the end of the year, I've saved up more than I need to pay in taxes. Ideally, and then we have a little bit more and then that grows over time, right? That's what we're going to do. And then the 10% is just 10% of everything that comes in, I put into the stocks. So that's how I'm breaking up the percentages. Yeah. And, and just to provide a little bit of clarity on that. um, Was that clear? Yeah. I just wanted to, um, the 10% is a a 10% that we came to terms with that we are comfortable whether this makes us money or ends up losing us money. That's right. a really important part of this is if you can't afford right now to be, be taking 10% of your income and investing, then don't do it. You no. want to make sure all your other we buckets skipped are a whole, full. Whole, whole thing. Wait, we skipped a whole thing. I spent like $5,000 instantly in metals. When we had some extra change, I put five grand into silver and gold basically yeah. right off the jump. So I did that before we bought stocks just to have some initial investment into those metals. Right. Just to get my feet wet. Then we took out a nice six-month safety net in cash, and we have that. So there's other things that we had to put in place first. So a lot of people that can't think about investing, they probably aren't watching this video most likely this far in. It's probably bored them, and they just are like, fuck this. Or they are for inspiration. Hopefully. But for those people that can't do 10% of their monthly or weekly income, whatever it is, into an investment, do 10% aside for yourself and build up your safety net. That's the first thing. Once you have that safety net, I think that was step one of us like actually getting our foot in the water of not being in survival mode anymore. Once you have six months, three three months isn't enough in my opinion because you always lowball when you think about how much you're going to need. So I would always say go for six months when you have that. Even a year. like Yeah, and then it's it's in cash. Yeah, people say the cash is losing value, but like you never know what emergencies are going to come up. Right. It makes you breathe a lot easier. It really does. And I did also want to touch on, um, you mentioned credit cards and yeah. I feel like a lot of people, when they hear that, they're like, Oh, but like you're carrying a credit card. No, debt. I'm not. No, we are not. No credit we card debt. We use credit cards strictly for and the, pay them off in full. for the points, points for the airline credits, like whatever other point systems oh, that I, the credit I cards a, offer you a jet blue one that we should be looking into too. And we pay them off in full every month. We never put anything on there that we can't afford to pay off. So this isn't like saying, oh, if you have credit card bills that you're paying down, oh yeah, then also take 10%. No, no, no. no. Pay off the Make credit card Make sure debt. your credit card debts aren't even a thing. No debt is the first yes. step. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You got to have no debt. Because then what we can do is use these credit cards. And I talked about this on my story a little bit this week because people were asking me, yeah. not a lot of people, but some people were like, what are you doing? And basically what I've... I was ignorant for so long to like the credit card points. I left out so many points. 
Like I, I left them on the table because I was spending the money no matter what. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now, like, let's just say we're running. I mean, because we're spending a decent amount of money on Facebook ads every month. Okay. So if we're spending ten thousand dollars a month on Facebook ads, I can convert that ten thousand into points, which leads to free airfare, which leads to more travel, which leads to more of my overall goal, which is lifestyle. So I can make m- almost money appear with these points. It really just is free flights. Right. So it helps. Yeah. If you can afford to pay them off and not pay have your in interest full. stacked yes, up or we don't let even though some people have that myth of like you want to leave 30% of your credit card balance. No, you don't. No, you don't. I don't know who said that. Just don't do that. Credit scores will go up if you really care about your credit score that much. Credit scores credit scores will go up when you have zero credit, but a lot of available credit. Zero debt, but a lot of available credit, right? So you want to get yourself to a position. The 30% thing is you want to at least not carry more than 30%, right? That's yeah, what because say. your credit score looks at your util- overall utilization rate. So right. if your credit cards are being used over the 30% that you have available. Like if you have 10,000 available, you shouldn't carry more than 3,000. Right. Right. Because that's where it's like, oh, well, they're not paying it off. Right. Whatever. So just pay but it off in full. That's our We're that's not our experts on credit yeah. or how to hire your credit score, so don't take advice from hire. us. Yeah, don't ask. We don't, are just. The, gir- the girl who says how to hire your credit score. We're going to hire it, everyone. Not yeah. raise it, hire it. We're going to hire it. <laughs> All right, good. So we, we got the safety net. Yes. Now we're getting into these stocks where I'm taking a piece of our money every month yep. and putting it into stocks. The thought process behind that is really just because if you look at every year, Throughout history, especially because now we have a Democrat and president, look back at the previous two Democrats, stocks go up. This could be different. Stocks and, always go up. And over a 10-year <laughs> period, if you can afford to wait it out, you don't lose money. Right. Even through bear markets, they don't last that long. Throughout history, we could be, the cynical part of me says we could be in for one that lasts five years, 10 years, maybe. Or you can abide by that principle, which I love now, the Copernican principle. Look it up. It basically means that we don't live in any special time in history. No, we don't live at the time where the stock market all of a sudden is going to go into a 10, 15-year bear market because that doesn't happen normally. Normally, stocks just go up year on year. There are periods where it pulls back, but the stock market is built, was created for people to put their money in and invest. And if you don't invest in stocks, if you just hoard cash, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. That's where inflation starts to come in and creep in. So you have to almost be invested in stocks is what I learned. Yeah. That's why we're doing this. So tell us about what stocks that you choose. So first thought was always like find smart people like Warren Buffett and stick with them. Because look how long Warren Buffett has been known as a really great investor. And I feel like some people have just followed his wave and done really well with it. How am I doing on that? Do we need to stop it? No, you're good. I was just checking. Okay. So I look at this guy, Chamath Palihapi, I think I won't even say his last name, but he's the guy who is on the board of Virgin Galactic, which is the company you're talking about, SPCE, which was my first investment. So this guy I look at and I'm just studying him and watching videos about him and seeing his success. And I'm like, this is a smart guy. He knows a lot more than me about a lot of things. I'm going to follow what he's saying. And he puts out all this information on Twitter. So I follow what he's saying. I look into the company. I see this is Richard Branson's company. Virgin has a really strong track record, in my opinion, with Virgin Records, Virgin Airways, Virgin has a lot of things, Virgin Mobile. So there's just a lot of uh, simple research that I guess goes into it. Like, what is this company really going to do? Then I look at the share price. I see it behind you right now. It's thirty three ninety five right now. I looked at this and we bought for the first time when it was at fifteen ninety five. So literally today, like from my initial investment, we've doubled our money. In less than two years. I think when you look at something like this, $33 a share, you have to think like Apple right now, it's at 100 something a share, but it's split so many times, right? It's really worth thousands per share right now. So if you can get in on these companies that are solid and have a good foundation early, my thought is just hold it. Just hold it. 
dollar cost average, buy when it goes lower, like buy during when we see it go to the 200 EMA during coronavirus because it always comes back up. How long it's going to take to come off the 200? I don't know. Does right. it go a little lower first before coming up? I don't know. But overall, it always will recover. Yeah. If you can hold long enough. So time horizon is a big thing, which we have, because again, this is money that we don't need for rent. We don't need it for anything else. It's staying there. Yes. And also I remember it was like a couple of weeks ago when we um, kind of just put logic to this of, okay, what is the current price of the stock? How many shares are out there? Let's do some simple multiplication. Do we think that that's what the company's actually worth or can it go up in value? Right. And in, especially with this one that we're talking, um, Virgin Galactic. Virgin Galactic, we were like, yeah, I think that's worth a lot more. I forget what the actual number was. I mean, you're talking about a company, right? Not to go too deep on them. Yeah. But like you're talking about a company that is pioneering space tourism. Right. That's not just appealing in its like idea, right? Where I could go and experience something like that because I think a lot of humans would want to experience it. But what that will then do, what someone that works there could then bring up to the table, like what this company can stem off into is huge. Yes. So just being involved now, watching them and a part of this growth, I think is important. Who's competing against them right now mainstream? Do you even know? SpaceX. And who else? But they're not a public company, so right. you can't buy their shares. Do you know uh, who else? The no. only, uh, Amazon's Blue Origin. They think yeah. that they're going to get somebody into space before Virgin Galactic. Really? Either way. Good. Hmm. Compete with them. Drive up the price. I just want right. to be in the race. I don't yeah. need to be the fastest pony, is the saying. I just want to be in the race. That's really, it's a good saying to think <laughs> yeah. about. So instead, like, someone is probably thinking at this point, why have we not bought a money market fund where I get a piece of all these different aerospace stocks, right? Where you buy an ETF, which is like a fund, or you can buy a mutual fund, which is a group of stocks that follow an overall industry, right? Like, why would we not do that? Well, because if you look at history, you could have bought, let's just say the S&P 500 and done okay. The S&P 500 tracks the biggest companies in the uh, the biggest companies in the country. So you could have done that and over, I think it's like 12 and a half or 13% if you look at the last 50 years, that would be your return, right? Or you could have just bought Apple and just bought the best one. Yeah. Right? And try, and you would have done a lot better. Yeah, because if you think about it, I mean, I could be wrong in thinking this, but like for the S&P, for example, what if you're buying at the time of transition where all of the top companies are kind of transitioning That's to not happens. be the top companies That's anymore and then the whole often. index starts tanking and your money's invested with them, but there might still be an... Oh, one or two companies within that, like you're saying, like Apple or something that still is right. doing really well. 100%. So it's like, why would you want your whole, um, you'll see gains because that bit, that Apple or whatever the company is, will drag the whole thing up. Right. Right. But, but if a lot of them are doing gains. bad and it's changing, it's like you're that could drive out. it down. Of course. Yeah. Versus yeah. you could be just invested in the company that you know is doing well. But that's the problem. We don't know anything. Right. Um, and, just quick little side note, little disclaimer. We are not providing any advice here just to save our asses. No, we mean, are just ed, um, educating. No, we're not even doing that. Entertaining. We're, we're just entertaining, it's having just entertainment. a conversation. I'll pull my nipple out. You want to see it? <laughs> not at all telling you where to invest your money, how no. to invest your money or anything like that. And everybody knows like Forex is my thing. Yes. This stuff, I'm just getting my toes wet in. I'm just learning. Yes. And because I don't need the money. We put the money in. We leave it alone. As long as the, if it look, makes us money. Great. The four stocks that I own. None of them have turned into losers so far. So SPCE is one of them. Yep. The second biggest one that I own that's not on that list is MTA. I didn't buy any more of that recently when I bought stocks last week because I have a decent chunk of it and I wanted to add two new stocks that we'll talk about in a second. But MTA mm -hmm. is a silver 
refinery. It's a silver mining company, basically. Yeah. So my thought is metals are underpriced. That's my thesis of 2021, is that metals, gold, silver, and copper are definitely lagging to the dollar printing that they're doing. When that catches up, I think you're going to see gold and silver and platinum and palladium and copper and all of them are going to move. I really do because they're just, they're priced in dollars. Yeah. And just think about all the things that are made with precious metals. And over time, these metals always gain value. Always. Go back to the time of doing, you know, trade. It was gold and silver coins. Gold was always on top. It's always going to be there. Yeah. The, um, The thing with these stocks, why I like this one, I love the board of directors. One of the guys on there, E.B. Tucker, E.B. Tucker, he's wrote a couple books about gold. I liked the books. I looked into him, looked into the company. Boom. I like him. I'll make the investment. So I chose this company because I've heard Peter Schiff and a couple other guys talk about if you buy these silver mining companies, gold mining companies and stuff like that, when silver and gold move, these stocks will move 10, 15, 20x the move. And there's other layers to it, too. I like Because they own land. They own land, which means they own all the gold or the silver in the mine and stuff like that. So there's other pieces to it that I like as well. Exactly. It's a leveraged bet. But at the same time, another thing in my portfolio is SLV, which is an ETF that basically tracks the movement of silver. So I'm not necessarily... I am saying the same bet in owning both of these. One of them, I'm just taking a leveraged bet by hoping this company explodes, which it has. I bought it at 8. It's at 12. Not bad. Yeah. And I I just hear in my head, I'm pretty sure it was like my freshman year of high school history class. My teacher literally engraved in our brains, land equals money equals power. The the fact that like 10 years later, I still remember that. So even when when you were telling me about this silver mining company that you were investing our money in. That's what you were thinking about? Yes. And how they also own land. Let's go. I'm like, (laughs) land equals money equals power. Like (laughs) I can get behind this. Right. Um, so that's that one. Now you guys know SLV. So SLV, SPCE, MTA. Um, CLOV? Oh, yeah, so this is a new one. Another Chamath idea. Saw him talking about this. This is a part of one of his new funds. They call them SPACs, S-P-A-C, or PIPES. They're different acronyms. I don't know what they stand for exactly off the top of my head, but they're basically funds, and these guys raise a ton of money because his theory, his philosophy is basically... Cons- con- uh, Accumulate as much capital as possible because if you don't, someone else will. And if you have the right intentions, which he thinks most humans do, then you'll be able to do good things with it. So I like that. So this company just is a mover and shaker in healthcare from the research that I can find in it. And I think that healthcare is something I'm not too well educated in. So to get behind him and a company he believes in, a company he's going to see a future in, it's a good first step for me into healthcare. And I'm not too heavy on it. That's my lowest, my lightest holding right now. And then the last one is GLD, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So GLD was another one I just added recently, which is just like SLV. It's a ETF that follows gold. I just wanted to be involved in gold. I owned last year, one of my losses in 2020, small loss, but a loss was Barrick Gold which was a company Warren Buffett bought, and I think he actually sold his shares and took a loss too. It didn't move, and that was a gold mining company. They own gold in the ground. I got out of that because I see more potential on the chart technically at the current price of just where gold is, not so much that company. I like that gold is at the 200 EMA on some some charts right now. I think it was on the, when I say, I wish I could pull it up, but the weekly or the daily, it was one of the higher time frames. I like that it was at the 200 EMA. GLD is doing the same thing. Look, look back at how many times it's hit that 200 EMA in history and come higher. It's a good place to be buying if you have a five-year horizon, which I do, 10-year horizon. I will close these trades. If SPCE continues to move higher and we see that go to 100, 200, I'll never close that. I will just keep adding. It'll be my Apple. But MTA, these other ones, I mean, if MTA was to go to 100 and I bought it at eight, I'm going to take some profits. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I will- A good trader would. Right. These aren't, um, 
going to be given to my kids. There'll be new companies for us to give to our kids. You know what I'm saying? This is just me to make money, but they're longer term investments than my Forex trading. Yeah. And I, and I love, and I'm fully obviously behind your decisions. Um, but just investing in the EFTs of gold, ETFs, ETFs sorry, yeah, of okay. gold and silver versus mm-hmm. physically owning them. Cause we do, right. but it's kind of funny because how much gold and silver can you really buy? Before, well, that's what we figured out. Yeah. Before you're just carrying around safes of gold and silver the and it's heavy, heavy as shit. Right, and then the, like if somebody robs you and they take all your gold and silver, you're screwed. Then what? So now I can just own these ETFs in an account that I can log into from anywhere in the world. And I can basically take advantage of the movement in the, right. of these metals. What kind of a little side note but out of just pure curiosity come on how many like how possible is it for people to hack these accounts oh super possible (laughs) that's so silly to ask like does this happen to people often oh yeah bro you have to have really good passwords and you should change them every three months too when you have an investment account 100 percent it's so easily hackable it's stupid to think that it's not just like your bank account you want to reset mine okay and we're back but yeah, it's very possible for people to uh, hack the accounts. You have to just be careful. Just like with everything else, you just got to be careful. Older people are susceptible to this. They're, they're not paying attention. They're not as computer savvy. They get hacked more often than people like you and me. But I think it's also silly to think that if somebody wanted to get my passwords that they couldn't. There's someone that has the knowledge to do it without me knowing. Yeah. Yeah, so you have to just be careful. Another question. Yeah. So you talk a lot about taking advice from like Warren Buffett, Peter Schiff, E.B. Tucker, people. the, the other guy people. whose name I can't pronounce. Chamath Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Not being rude. Um, it's his fault for having such a crazy last name. My last name is Silver, bro. Like, it's, <laughs> you can't get this shit wrong. But to what extent, and you probably don't know the answer, just creating conversation. To what extent do you think that their advice drives the market? A lot. Versus... <laughs> If they weren't to speak, like what stocks and which markets would be driven by just people making decisions on their own? Good question. But I think a lot of it now, it's too far gone. You have analysts that have price targets and they work for banks and they put out statements and then people follow those analysts and then other people follow the people following the analysts. So it's, it, and now with the internet, with everybody having a voice on YouTube and Twitter and now TikTok, but it's these, like, fo- these four stocks I'm going to see pop in 2021 like on when, TikTok now. When do those bubbles burst though when people realize that the prices are only so high because everybody has just been riding the hype wagon? I don't know. If I knew that, then I would potentially not be buying stocks right now if I felt like that was coming. But the thing is, is like, look at the last two Democratic presidents. Stocks went up. Not a ton, but they went up. So it's like, am I going to think that that's going to be different? Not necessarily. Not yet. When it starts to tip over, maybe I close some of our stocks and we'll make another video. We got out of all of our stocks. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Our 2021 investment strategy went to shit. Right, right. (laughs) Hey, if we're taking profits, it's okay. I'm I'm not close-minded to new information. That's like a deadly sin of an investor, right? So I'm, I think that these guys do move the market and they do change the tendencies of people who buy and sell stuff because of their tweets even. Mm-hmm. But on a fundamental basis, like well, if yeah, you're- Well, even Trump's tweet affected the market. For sure. <laughs> but like if you're buying good companies, overall you're going to come out on top because big investors that are cutting big checks and buying millions of shares at a time, you know, tens of millions of shares, they don't give a fuck about what's going on on Twitter or anything like that. They don't care what Chamath says. They're still going to do what they're going to do because the bank says to or their investor says to. There's still higher powers at B. For sure. There has to be. It's yeah. a good question, though. I don't know anything for sure. Because then it's like, when does it pop? Well, in 2001, like when I was telling you about how like these companies would just put .com next to their name and then they would their ticker would explode <laughs> and then it would crash. That was like, it was fake. It was fake. 
here. I think the fakest things that we have are these companies that don't make any money but are valued super high. It's like a Ponzi scheme. There's a video on YouTube by Jake Tran, I think is the guy's account, and he talks about it, how it is a Ponzi scheme that these companies, like, and even Chamath admits it. There's a video of Chamath admitting that it's a Ponzi scheme because these companies are garnishing massive evaluations, billions of dollars, but with no profit. And then they get more money, they spend it, they use it, still maybe don't make any money, and go raise more money. And then they can, yeah, so it's it's a weird, and I'm not detailing it fully, you guys should check out that video if you're interested, but it, it's it's a weird time to be an investor. But I really do think, to, to say, like again, that principle, it just fucking works for me. Like why would we be in a special time that everything's gonna pop and crash? Like why would we think that we have to live at that special time? Yeah, but we also didn't think that, you could say that right before COVID happened. Oh, that's never going to happen. Why do we think we would live in a special time where the entire world would get well, shut down? This is where down. I get interested. These are, this is like, the, mm, is COVID special? That's the question. Special enough to lock down the entire world. Is that def- Does that fit the definition of special is what I'm talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess in, in that situation, maybe. I'm not saying yes or no. It's just like, that's what the question is. What but is still, special? right before COVID happened, yeah. if you were to say that to somebody, they'd be like, why do you think we're so special to live in such a special time that Where that would happen? would happen? Yeah. But what if probabilities, like Bill Gates said years before, probabilities are we will experience that. If probabilities are that, then it isn't special. That's what I'm saying. You have to go strictly to statistics here. If probabilities were that we would experience some type of flu, some type of... No, that isn't special. You're just but ignorant. you don't think that there's probabilities that the bubbles could pop? No, there definitely is. But what is the bubble? That's the question. So here, Graham Stephan made a good video, and he looked at, like, Apple, Amazon, or no, he looked at the tech stocks that popped, IBM, Microsoft, all these big companies that popped in 2001. They had gained 1,000%, 1,300%, like, in, insane gains. But now if you look at the companies that are bubbling, like Tesla is the big one, and Neo, which is like a self-driving car company, I think. Like, if you look at, the, they're not even halfway to the percent gains that some of these tech stocks did. So, in that sense, when you look back at like the bubble of 2001, if I'm just telling you that it's only halfway there, we're not even close. Yeah, that's interesting, right? Like, just for easy numbers, stocks in that bubble went up a thousand percent. Well, we're only at 500 percent gains right now, so we have 500 percent to go at least. Yeah, I don't know. And with more money printing, I would challenge you that they're going to move. And they're going to continue. Now that we're talking about it, if we're adding more money to the system, and Janet Yellen, she's now going to be involved heavily in, in this, which and she has a history of wanting to just print more money and provide handouts and give stimulus because she thinks that solves problems. If we go down that route, come on, don't you think that's going to keep the bubble inflated? The goal is to not let stocks crash, basically. Yeah, I was just going to say that because the entire stock market, it seems like a good idea gone so wrong that it's now like so... <laughs> just entangled and meshed in so many different um, agencies and different entities and all of these things coming it together is, that, isn't. that you wouldn't even be able to deconstruct it because of how connected it is to literally everything, even right. worldwide now, because people are buying other people's debts. You're and close to right, but you're not right in the sense that you think there's a lot of people and a lot of agencies. There's not. That's the problem. The people that own the that? stock market. The, the companies. Yeah, the companies that are, well, the companies and the people that like own a lot of the stock. It's a small percentage of people. I think it's like less than 30%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not what I'm, I know that. I'm talking about just in general, the companies that are all involved where people are investing their money. Because it's like, to me, the stock market started out as a great idea. It's a way for companies to truly present themselves. And then for me to invest. So that the people could invest to then grow the company for the better good. But that just got so 
yeah. over, over the Maybe. years that now it's like so just entangled and people are now investing in stocks that they might not even necessarily know that they believe in the company. They're just investing because Joe Schmo told them to. TikTok or, told them to. Right. Or because they're like, oh, I see. I see this support. I see the support. Like, I just need to, even though I know nothing about the company. It's just crazy. To That's me. the similarity to the bubble in 2001 when everybody in 2001 was getting into stocks. Like, remember, I've told you this. Like, guys told me when they would trade stocks in 2001, they would just buy and they'd make money. Like, you don't even need technical analysis at that point because you're in a bubble. So well, it's almost like them printing more and more money is creating a new bubble because... Right. But the is dollar, it... See, the, wait, you, you got it, bro. The dollar is the bubble. That's the kicker. Well, even... It's almost like, but is this bubble going to pop in the stock market or is it going to be the Bitcoin no. bubble that pops? Because I saw... It might have been CNBC, honestly. I don't remember. Don't quote me on that. But it was something that I follow on Instagram, a news source that was saying, if you would have invested your $1,200 stimulus check into Bitcoin, it now would be worth like $6,000 oh, okay. or something like that. And it's like, if you're putting that information out there and now we have a Democrat as president who is saying he wants to give more everybody stimulus. more stimulus, you're driving the bubble. they're going to then invest that in, in Bitcoin thinking that it's going to be worth something more, which is driving the Bitcoin bubble. Yep. So maybe that's the bubble that's going to burst. Maybe. It's tough to say with the Bitcoin bubble because like, do you know, have you ever heard of the company BlackRock? So they're like the largest financial institution or top three. We're talking trillions of dollars under asset, uh, AUM, assets under management. They just added Bitcoin futures. So not Bitcoin to the dollar, but they added Bitcoin futures to two of their funds. Why does everybody got to complicate shit? Well, ah! yeah, so futures are an interesting thing to trade. Maybe I'll get into that as I get older. I'd like to. I think futures are interesting because like there's futures of anything. There's futures of soybeans, futures. You can coffee, everything, everything. Yeah. everything. It's co like we always think of commodities because commodities are tougher to day trade in the sense that I day trade. Right. So it's just interesting what you could trade futures on. Anything. Avocado. For real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. OK, so that's the stocks. I guess we could t we talked about Bitcoin. Everybody knows that I'm out of Bitcoin right now. If they watch our videos, like I already if explained you don't that. know. Now, now you, you know. know. Right. So I have a little bit of money into a couple altcoins I can share. Like XRP? Yeah, I'm holding that. I've been holding that for years because I bought that <laughs> I bought that before the first bubble and I just never got rid of it. And now... Like, it's going to make a comeback. Hey, if it does, at least I could say I held. Yeah. You know, I didn't need the money, so that's why I don't close it. That's the good thing and about these investments. And now it's just like a fun little game. Right. That's why, again, with these investments, this is even deeper down the speculation hole when you look at your pyramid of what your money goes to, Right. This is so deep down the hole of speculation. It's got to be very small, and it's got to be with money that you don't need to take out if you do lose some of it. So I've lost some money in XRP for sure. Um, but my new additions that have done really well, one being um, Cardano, ADA is their ticker. The other one is Sia Coin, SC. And then the one that's actually my biggest winner is Curve. CRV and that I bought at a dollar just because it broke out above the key level of a dollar which is just a key psychological level on high volume I'm like okay I didn't even know we had money in any of those <laughs> right so I bought some of it because I thought it was breaking out simple technical analysis just riding this alt wave move it's up 24% today yeah I mean it rips good job buddy but they but see I'm learning I think with this and that's why I'm not in super heavy with the money because I'm learning I'm like okay these altcoins this market could be the market my kids day trade like what if this is the new oh stock market God. you know what I'm saying like what if this is the yeah. new thing to come and I'm not even involved in it and I watch it grow and I'm like oh altcoins I've been loaning about you for 10 years no 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 that's not gonna be me I'm not gonna be closed-minded I'm gonna be in it I'm gonna be like figuring it out by then you know what I'm saying so that's why I'm in small right now 
I'm going to take some profits from these trades and then I'm going to add more money and I'm going to go bigger and I'm going to keep looking for good coins. And I like, again, same idea with the stocks. I liked Sia coin curve and I liked Cardano on their website. I like the service that they provide on the blockchain. I don't know too much about the blockchain, so I'm not as educated here as when I look at real companies, but I still look at their company, look at their leadership. Look, the reason I hold XRP is solely because of Brad Garlinghouse. I think he's smart. He's the CEO. And that's why I'm holding it still. So I like the fundamental company underneath these things because then it gives me comfort to just sit here with a longer time horizon. Like, look, I don't need that money I put in there, so I'm just going to leave it. So a question for you. When you take profits um, from any of the coins or whatever, not not trading, just coin specific, um, or even if you've taken profits from any of our stocks, do you set that money aside separately to then whenever you're doing another investment, like buying more stocks or buying more coins, you take from that plus the 10% weekly that we do? Or do you just kind of take the profits, put that in your account as like whatever money you need for whatever then? Or do you always reinvest the profits? Always. I've With the stocks and the, and the altcoins, because those are two newer things in the last two years, I've always reinvested the profits because we haven't needed the money. So the, it's just sitting there. Just wait, pure wait, Because like if I, if I take the money out too, like at that point, what do I do with the dollars? They're going to just sit in the bank account. Right. I don't need any more. Not, I'm very grateful we're in a good financial position. I don't need any more dollars in our bank account right now. I need them growing. Yeah. So take the profit, look for the next investment. It's almost like the same thing I do with the trading. You know what I'm saying? On a, on a bigger scale. Right. Where like I take a trade, get stopped out, or get, take profit, next trade. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just different because it's like the account that it's in is... Separate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like... For everybody that's just getting into investing, the biggest thing that I would recommend that I've had to accept that's been hard for me is the time horizon. Can't expect these things to all do 50% and double my money like this one coin did. So like right now, MTA, it's up 0.25% today. CLOV, it's up 0.07 right now. Like sometimes these things don't move. Sometimes they go down. And if anything, when you go to the store and you see something you like on sale, you get happy about it and you buy it. So if I see these companies go down, I get happy about it because I know I can afford to buy more of it. It's such a psychological game. It's fascinating. Not only do you have to pick a great company and think that it's going to be the future like I do with SPCE and I hope I'm right because I could be like, I called that shit 10 years ago. But then you get to go deeper than that. And when everybody's getting scared, because at some point in in the next 10 years, we're going to see a pullback and people are going to get scared. Maybe as it starts to pull back, I take my profit and I wait for the pullback to go lower and I throw it all back in when everybody's just getting out. Something like that. Yeah. Or I don't take any profit at all and I just add when it goes lower. Yeah. I feel like if you're investing, like you really have to look at it. I don't want to say like a game because that makes it seem not serious, but in a way like a game, like you're here to invest for the long haul so that your money continues to work for itself and grow itself so that you can continue to do this like if you're looking at investing of like I'm going to invest a hundred dollars and I'm going to turn it into x amount of dollars and then I'm going to take my profits and buy a vacation it's like okay that's not really going to get you that far though like you have to keep playing the game and I like that you use that analogy I'm using that in the webinar tomorrow not that it's a game in the sense of like a joke but in a game right. that it has a process and you have to follow that process right you have to keep the all games have rules right. you, gotta you gotta follow the, the rules. rules right and And in the sense of like the trading, like you don't know the outcomes of these investments. You don't know the outcomes of these trades. You don't know the outcome. You don't know the outcome of the game, but you got to follow the rules. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you got for us on the crystal facts? I'm holding this thing. 
I thought you were like going to try and break it in half. I don't know like if the camera could see my eyes, but I just kind of looked at you and my heart sank. I was like, are you trying to break my wand? I can't break this in half. Don't even try. I can't. I'm trying. Okay. It's hard. Just it's a, It's a rock. All right. So tell us what it is. All right. So going we, into. We've got a lot of rocks here. Like look, I, I got <laughs> this one. This one is sick. You guys can't really see that, but it's cool. So I chose two today because I feel that these two are just very, what what the world needs right now, the energy. Um, so this big guy right here is my jumbo selenite wand. And selenite is an incredible crystal because it's cleansing. This is the only crystal itself that does not actually need cleansed by the sun or the moon. Some crystals you can cleanse with water, but not every crystal. Because um, they drown. Yeah, this crystal actually <laughs> <laughs> cleanses other crystals. And because of that, this crystal just provides so much inner peace and just clarity and um, just, like I said, cleansing. It's just very pure. And I feel like if you start with this, to just be able to kind of look at things like a clean slate, just really get rid of all of those negative energies, whatever it is that you're carrying from 2020 that you kind of just need to let go of in 2021, this baby will do a great job but then from there we go into your model. <laughs> we go so this is a red jasper Wait, people do it on instagram they go like this they like when they're showing up they're like holding up the back of their hands oh so yeah you gotta make sure it. the lighting's good so you can see it. but your hands in my video there you go. <laughs> so this is a red jasper palm stone. Um, it mainly gets its deep color reds from iron properties that are within it. But this one is all related to your root chakra. So if you're not familiar with, cha with chakras, um, the root is at your base. So this is going to be very grounding, very stabilizing. It's going to provide you with a lot of strength. Think of this crystal as like building your foundation to really just, whether it's if you have a lot of ideas in your head and you need some help bringing those ideas to reality and truly manifesting them, this baby will help you a lot. Or if you really just are feeling off and just uneasy, just a grounding crystal can really just like this one, just bring some clarity and peace and calmness because like anything in life, whether it's business, whether it's a house, whether it's a relationship, you have to start with a good foundation. Like if your foundation is shit, everything else is going to crumble. So I can't even build red Jasper is incredible. That's I, my favorite one. I think I love this Palm stone. I took it with me the other day to yoga teacher training just because there's 24 of us in a room, all socially distant. Um, yeah, right. But it's a lot of energy. And sometimes I need just that grounding just to, to tap back into my own energy and not feel everyone else is around me. So really love this guy. He's my little buddy. I feel like um, I want to end our video today with a testimonial that I got today. Is that okay? Yeah. You so want to do a whole nother video talking about like the webinar and live events? I think so. Because we can really talk about how you prepare for them, what goes into it. All right. Yeah. We didn't even get into that. Yeah. We'll, well save that's that for another that's video. that's not really about investing. Right. Today so was about what we're doing with our monies. Yes. Just ground your money, baby. Yeah. Just <laughs> um, a good testimonial from somebody who like. We don't need to say his name, but he just, he struggled. Like, I know he did because we have a lot of DMs and like, yeah. And the group Wait, chat. Wait, can I see who it is quick? Do and, I know? And the group okay. chat would be a reason for him to struggle because he would just look at what other people were doing and he would like not think for himself and that would screw him up. And he said to me just now, he goes, got to tell you, bro, this month is starting to feel good. I don't want to jinx it, but I'm starting to have signs of a breakthrough. On Wednesday, 
It had been a week since my last trade, and I wanted to pull the trigger. I saw a signal, but it was a shitty setup. I sat by, and turned. it turned out to be a loser. Yesterday, which was Thursday, someone in the group chat talked about ECAD or EA. I think, and I took the trade, or and they took the trade. I know he's a far better trader than I am, which I don't agree with. Me, that's me saying that. I don't think he's a better trader than you. And has proved it, but I stuck to my guts and analysis, and it turned out to be a loser that he avoided, this guy here. Um, I took UJ instead and got 1.6%, and I didn't manage it like a little... And I didn't manage it like a little edgy, completely stressed out little man that I usually am. <laughs> you follow what he's saying? I didn't manage it like a little edgy, completely stressed out little man like I usually am. Although I will admit it, I still need time to become better in managing my emotions. Therefore, I could have had two losers this week. Instead, with good decisions, composure, and discipline, I got one winner. Four trades this month, three wins, one loss, up 2.5%. Progress. Makes me happy. Are you, post that screenshot. That way people can read it themselves as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, post it right here on the video? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 because I read it. I, I'm not the best reader. Yeah, because even me trying to follow what you, you were saying, I'm like, little edgy man, okay, now I'm I lost. read a lot of candles. I don't read a lot of words. That's okay. Yeah. So that's it. Thanks for being here, everybody. <laughs> that's it. Bye. Yeah, it's a good testimonial to end us with. We'll give you a secret word if you watch the whole way through. Comment down below. Um, Red Jasper. That's what I was going to say. Red Jasper. You or, know how I knew you were going to say that? Why? Because this selenite wand's got us connected. <laughs> so comment down below red jasper if you've watched this way this way through oh this <laughs> way come this <laughs> way through come on good thing we're at the end of this podcast shit everybody already knows how goofy you really are uh, yeah seriously but if you have any other crystals that maybe is your favorite or you want me to explore deeper or if you really just don't know and you're looking for a crystal for just a certain aspect or certain quality that you're looking to either get help with or bring more of in your life. Comment that down below as well. Or so, DM Riley on Instagram. Yeah, or DM me. Yeah, like go out in the backyard, dig up some rocks, take a picture and send it to Riley and say, what are these rocks? <laughs> uh, Rocks. <laughs> I don't know. All right, cool. Well, listen, this is a good conversation. I appreciate you asking good questions. I hope everybody found some value. Give Riley some love in the comments too if you guys enjoyed the questions that she asked because I think they were good today. Namaste. Namaste. I'm staying this trade. <laughs> that was my thing this week. Namaste. Yeah, and we didn't even talk about the one trade, but it's okay. Other videos. Thanks, yeah, everybody. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got yeah. a lot to talk about. Yeah. We're back from Tulum. We back. Let's go. Bye. See you guys. Thank you for listening to Today's Money. If you want to check out the video that goes along with this episode, there's a link in the show notes. Now make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to so you don't miss any future episodes. And if there's anything that I can do to help you along your trading journey, please reach out to me. My contact info is in the description as well. Thank you very much, and I'll see you in the next episode.